Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. We have talked about so many things. We talk about artificial intelligence. We dive deep into that, right? Machine learning. We get very technical sometimes, right? We talk about entrepreneurship a lot, right? And we talk about how data can drive uh, uh, physicians, right? Pharmaceutical people, you know? We, we talk about how data can drive every decision you make, okay? And for me, when I think about data, data is pretty much embedded in every decision, interaction, and process that you make, okay? I mean, there's data in predictive systems out there, right? There's data in restaurants, right? There's data in, you know, you just walking from point A to point B down the street, you, you use data to make a decision why you do what you do. And people need to start realizing that, you know? But how do you use data to find out whether the next business venture will work? Okay, so I brought somebody on here, right? I brought a special guest, okay, that's going to help you understand what it means to be a data-driven entrepreneur, okay? Mm. This person is sitting here. His name is Tim Brayan. You know, say what's up, Tim. What's up, guys? Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, Tim. Now, now, Tim is a serial entrepreneur, right? A data, I, I would like to call him a data-driven serial entrepreneur, you know, but he has helped brands and content creators turn their influence into more income, okay? He has built a million, a multi-million dollar apps and software company. You know, his him and his team have proudly developed technology that customers recommend, entrepreneurs prefer, and partners are proud of with their latest innovative idea called True Fans. Okay, hopefully you don't stamp me for or, or kill me for taking your taking your 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 your, uh, your quote, man. You know, but you know this 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 company has built has actually surpassed two hundred three thousand plus global users. You know, and we're going to touch a little bit more on that. Okay, he has been a founder of many things like True Fans uh, True Fans LLC. Uh, he has also been uh, the COO of Logic Square LLC and El Presidente of Brandia Brand Holdings LLC. All right. So, you know, Tim, man, thank you for being on podcast. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Bobby, thank you for the introduction. Um, pumped to be here and, and hope to give value in some of the stuff. Yeah, I've done a lot of different things, but it, it all really started for me. Um, in a blue collar town called Kokomo, Indiana, not the island, but uh, <laughs> small town in, in central Indiana. Um, I grew up not really with any sort of like real direction. Um, I was hanging around a bunch of people that were basically just chasing the party scene, chasing chicks. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going anywhere really fast. It was kind of a reflection of those, those folks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, restlessness and discontent was always the data point. Yeah, or mm -hmm. at least the point that I got to in my life when it was time to change or audit or make a different mm -hmm. direction. And uh, so for me early on, that was joining the military. I, I, you know, very primitive. I looked around and was like, okay, I love it or hate it. I'm going to do this thing. And uh, it's at least going to get me out of this environment. And I think who mm -hmm. I can become after four to six years could be really good on a resume. So mm -hmm. I jumped at the chance, uh, still with some apprehension and fear, and it ended up being a wonderful choice. It changed my life. 
Um, I've traveled to a lot of different countries. I've worked with people all over the planet and, and played a position in the mission uh, in the United States Air Force. And I'm forever grateful that I, and, and you know, thankful that I made that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the military became a restlessness and discontent point after about six years. Um, mm-hmm. I saw where I was going. And although I loved the opportunity to be in, I didn't want to retire from it. I saw uh, what that might look like, and it just didn't make sense for me. Um, so I, I went to school, got super burnout. Long story short, software and technology became this vehicle that I believed could pay me uh, residual passive income. I could solve problems in a, in a multitude of different ways. And it just made sense for the lifestyle that I wanted to create. I was always I, I really became obsessed with like freedom. Mm-hmm. And how I could create a lifestyle I didn't need a vacation from and how I could uh, position myself to, um, you know, really, really have the power to say no or have the power to, um, you know, empower my family and, and mm-hmm. things that were important to me. And, and business ownership in the tech niche made a lot of sense. So fast forward now, I, I moved back to my hometown uh, of, of Indiana to where I'm at now, Kokomo. Mm-hmm. I've got two beautiful kids, a wife. Um, I, I've had some high highs in business. We've made multi-millions. Um, I've had some serious learning experiences where we failed for hundreds of thousands of dollars and um, had nothing but the learning experiences through those, those, those times. And uh, I'm excited about where we're at with True Fans. That's one platform that I'm pumped for. It's, it's enabling content creators around the world to get paid to post. And it was really a life preserver doing all the, the COVID stuff for people. And, uh, you know, as far as building technology and apps and building a personal brand and, and giving everything away, that's that's really where I'm at now. It's it's fulfillment and uh, I'm having fun in the process. So I'm glad to be here. That's, that's yeah. a little bit about me, Bobby. No, no, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, man. You know, and and since you mentioned true fans, man, is to me, it's an amazing concept. Right. You know, and it reminds me of when you're building a business, you need to think about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't think about yourself. Right. You think about the consumer. Right. The user. Right. You're giving. Right. And you're in this. It's like you're in this giving mood. Right. <laughs> Christmas mood right now. You know? uh, as we had our conversation. And, and so what is its true purpose? And how did you say, hey, look, you know, like what drove you to say that this is the vision? I want to go right. here, you know. Yeah, no. So I, I've never, I, I didn't set out to like, okay, I'm going to go have a good idea today, right. or I need to go, you know, sit in a corner and start just draw, drawing things out. I think the effective entrepreneurs look at the market and they, they're really good at identifying what sucks and then having the confidence and belief system that they can solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And, and you're paid in direct proportion, your ability to solve problems. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for me, when I was looking at at this arena, if you will, or this niche, you know, creators have been historically underpaid and undervalued. Um, Mm -hmm. We saw that people were being suppressed, like their ideas, their opinions, their thoughts were literally being canceled or taken off uh, various other social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Reach is being diminished. Like if you go to build a community on on a lot of the bigger tech platforms, you're going to get two to 3% of that community engagement. And that's by design, right? Smart people, designed algorithms to diminish organic reach and mm. put a lot more uh, emphasis on pay to play, like pay, mm. pay for reach. Because these platforms generate their income from advertisement dollars, right? It's not so mm. much about 
that individual's ability to use the free version as much as right. what an advertiser will get to pay to, to use that data. So, you know, that, that kind of sucked. Um, people are now more keen in, in realizing that aspect that I just said. Uh, so, you know, and then we looked at our competitors. We saw the, the big 10,000 pound gorillas in the room. We're like, okay, cool. They're doing this, but mainly they're in the adult space. So it, it all started with just belief. I, I believe and believed and still believe that we uh, will have the most logical choice platform for creators around the planet. And I believe uh, one of the things that I knew that we could do to stand out, because it's not enough to just like, okay, I know all the problems. And here's what our competitors are doing. How do we become that logical choice? And so now you need to inject uh, the things that are going to make you stand out and have the, the best offer for your ideal uh, customers, right? And this, this, what I'm saying right now is applicable to any mm-hmm. business, whether you're a restaurant. So right, right. But uh, so, so for us, we, we made it 100% invite only. You can't get mm-hmm. access unless you're invited or you apply. And that creates more of a, instead of like a Walmart, right? We're more like a country club or a yacht club where you got you to gotta know somebody to get in or you have to be uh, welcomed in. Um, the next thing we did was we pay more. So we don't have any features that are, uh, or, or we don't have any like hidden fees or anything that some of our competitors have. And then we so you pay launched. more front. You're saying so, front yeah, so, so yeah. So a lot of platforms are taking, they're claiming to take uh, 20%, but the reality is they're still taking like processing fees there's mm-hmm. chargeback fees, there's baked in mm-hmm. costs for processing that they don't advertise. And that's mm-hmm. not very honest. So ours is just a flat 20%. Like there is no oh, hidden fee. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no transaction fees or withdrawal fees. And that's the next thing that we did too, is we launched instant payments. So mm-hmm. instead of having to wait, typically it's 30 days. Um, you can take a withdrawal instantly uh, within seconds to an account, <laughs> your choice within the platform. So there's no minimums on, on amounts that you can charge as well or, or maximums or minimums when you're taking a withdrawal and uh, yeah the biggest thing is we don't we don't allow adult content so we're a home for people that would love to have uh, a membership site without the stigma that's that's out there with other platforms and, and that's right. been really cool man we've aligned with awesome people and uh, we're helping them really become kind of like a creator entrepreneurial hybrid and really mm-hmm. kind of understand the reality that their influence and income, or sorry, their influence and their, their, their ability to gain attention and influence, um, those are definitely monetizable things, whether it's with our platform or with e-commerce, with, with various shout outs, we're helping them turn on that, that entrepreneurial muscle. No, that's awesome. You know, and, and some of the things I was thinking about, was thinking about throughout, you know, your conversation, your part of the conversation was that you mentioned competitors, right? You mentioned how you understand the problems mm-hmm. that the users are having all the time. You've mentioned invite only, which is to me exclusivity, right? You know, so it's, it's something about that, right? That that kind of brings you to say, I wanna, I want from a marketing standpoint, I wanna be a part of that, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> I wanna be exclusive, I wanna be unique, right? You know, sure. you, know you pay more, uh, the instant payments, right? Because people are tired of having those uh, uh, small hits here and there and stuff like that, right? You know and the removal of the adult content, that had to all be done by research, right? You know, to be able to say that this is what they want, what they need and what they don't want and what won't like, right? You know? Totally, yeah, and I'm, I, and you know, b- before we even started the call, I'm not the guy that creates Excel sheets and, and I'm not really good at that. I have people that help me with that, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely the guy that goes out and does what I call reconnaissance. 
to collect information and insight that helps me make decisions. It's data. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all I was doing was just seeing what was out there, seeing what it was lacking, listening, asking questions, and collecting an analysis to ultimately decide, okay, here's the thing. Here's how we can stand out. Here's right. how we can, you know, and I look at things now, even like most social media platforms don't have like a, a methodology in which they're identifying that this is the real human being on our platform. So that causes all sorts of like identity theft, right? Yeah. We have something in place. It's called KYC that determines that everybody that joins our platform is who they say they are. Man. So there are no more, <laughs> you know, like fake accounts and people stealing yeah. someone's identity and monetizing it. You know, that doesn't happen with us again, being invite only and having these things in place. And, and back to your point, right? It, all it is, is just looking at what's there and what's not. And, right. And what could serve. It's amazing because what you're telling me is that in my, in my eyes, I'm seeing, you know, how you're, you're connecting the data, right? You know, you're, you're actually doing, you know, you got some people that are very, very technical, right? They're like, oh, I can do this Python programming. I'm, I'm collecting all these resources this way, right? I'm collecting all this data. I'm doing all this coding, right? You know, uh, I got these Excel spreadsheets, these databases in there and stuff like that. But then you're taking it back. You you also have the uh, the the uh, the way of market research, right? You know the way of true traditional market research that is done. Mm-hmm. Now, how long how long did did it take you to kind of do the research? Would you say, right? If you can estimate that, right, for yeah. two fans, I I, th- I think I had everything that I needed within like three or four days, like from from like yeah. my, from like my <laughs> you know, and again. What I need is somebody like. Did so you have red bulls? The, 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 really the really analytical guy, like the engineer, the really smart guy that's able to create uh, the functionality and the programming and whatnot. Like I need them to trust me at mm. times. Now, yeah. now that being said, it's a it's a two way street, right? So mm. I have to uh, broadcast enough enthusiasm and I have to broadcast enough details to show them that this is, this is something that I believe will work. And then right. it's always, you know, to a, to a certain extent, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a failing enthusiastically, right. In, in any case mm-hmm. that there is something that's off. Um, but yeah, man, I, I need, uh, I need the really smart engineers and coders, right. Like you, to, to mm-hmm. believe what I've been able to find and what I've been able to communicate through my data collection methods. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, I think it's, it's that two-way street, right? You know, and that goes back to, you know, I've had plenty of people on the podcast where we talk about, you know, will the, will the machine or will this analytical person, right, ever take over the traditional methods, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the old school way, you know, and, and I think depending on the role is, is possible, but I think that there's certain things, there's some things to be said about, there's something to be said about that traditional method, right, of market research, you know, trusting the emotions, the, the, uh, the integrity, the, 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 the experience of an actual human being, right, and trying to compare that to somebody that's sitting here crunching numbers as a machine, right, because somebody has to be to be behind a machine regardless. Mm-hmm. So you're you're taking their part as well. And so what you're doing, right? You have the experience, right? You have the knowledge. You have certain experience that 
only you can pretty much embed into a machine to to for them to have the same experience as you right you know sure. some people are not going to go through the same thing that you've gone through right you know and so there's value in the human i think if, we're, if forever will be value in the human aspect of things when it comes down to this stuff right how, how do you program empathy Right. Exactly. That's, right. Becomes, you can't do that it. That becomes a really, a really complex <laughs> equation yeah. to be analyzing and care, like, like to actually care about an outcome for another person or mm-hmm. another individual or situation. Like that is something that requires a lot of analysis. It's a human. I think it's a human component for now, but right. I, I won't challenge any. What developers are able to do. <laughs> to this day I'm right. impressed with so you know someone will yeah. take that as a challenge if I say it can't be done so maybe I should, uh, right. maybe I should no say no that. hey look you're, you're you are able to state your own opinion yeah. about everything you want you know and nobody judges here man my audience is really cool they, yeah. they, they have a good time man you know well, that's the challenge yeah. I, I want one of your audience the really smart guys to to develop an algorithm and develop data like a predictive predictive technology or an algorithm of some sort to create empathy like outcomes. Mm-hmm. So I think I that's, think that's like the happen. future. That's the yeah. future of, of bit. Like I think successful businesses will be super empathetic to who's on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be super empathetic to uh, actually knowing the exchange of like, here we are as a company. Here's mm-hmm. my, here's my employee. This is what they want. Here's the mutual exchange. So technology or some sort of uh, system that could, that could take these data points from both of those and find that dovetail groove or, or give suggestions yeah. on, on how I you think it'll be hard because individual. I think it would be hard to predict empathy because it's certain things are so chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you it's like trying to predict the lottery, you know, or or the next flood, right? You know, yeah. uh, because emotions right you know and way people react right and trying to care for somebody you know but not expecting their reaction to be one way versus the other you is it's too chaotic you know for for me to really i mean i i think it's hard right you know i've presented empathy in many ways but then it's responded to me in in other ways as well where i'm thinking man you know i i thought i went i thought i went the right way right showing empathy but it doesn't matter how they, they responded in another way as well. So you know, but now you're tough. thinking about it. Now you're solving the problem. <laughs> Just a matter right. of time. <laughs> yeah. So so you are what I call or what I think you've even mentioned before about yourself, a serial entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And um if you could define that for me, right? You know, that'd be great, right? Yeah. You know, for the audience as well. I, I uh one of my first hustles, I think to refine or to define it, I got to go back. So one of my first hustles in high school, I've always been a capitalist. I grew up kind of lower middle class. Mm-hmm. We weren't poor by any means, but we definitely weren't rich. I mean, there's four, four kids in my family, um, grew up modest. And uh, but if I wanted something, I had to earn it. I mm-hmm. had to hustle and make some money somehow. And, and I don't know why this never dawned on me. I could have got a job. But it's just like I just hustled instead, bro. It was like the easiest way to, at least in my head, it was like the easiest way to, to serve the market directly. And my market at that time was high school. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, one of the first hustles that I did, I, I grew up gaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, so back in the day, the Xbox, like the, the, the regular Xbox, you know, what I would do. Oh, the is, first one, the first, yeah, the, the first <laughs> Xbox, like the Halo 2 version. 
Um, uh-huh. Kids would actually, they'd pay me a hundred bucks and I had a 24 hour turnaround. They would ride my bus with their Xbox. They would hand it off to me. I'd take it into my house. I had a little shop set up in my basement where I would soft mod an Xbox mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. using a system to put, you know, different firmware and different you know, software on. I didn't actually write the software. I was using someone else's code, but I, I knew enough to manipulate the colors yeah, yeah. I knew enough to add different emulators and different mm. games and such. So I, I made my own custom build through someone else's framework. Mm. And uh, it was awesome, man. I could change the little ring on the on the yeah. Xbox. <laughs> they could browse the internet and uh, play all these like hundreds of different types of games. So it like, mm. you know, unlocked the abilities from this Xbox. And the cool part was it was a hundred bucks up front. So cool, I just got paid to put this soft mod on and, and customize mm. it how they wanted it. I would let them pick the colors on this on the ring. And then mm. the uh, the thing that would probably get me thrown in jail is I used to, I used to sell. <laughs> it's too bur- late now. Too late. <laughs> games, man. So I would go to family video mm. or wherever and, and grab like a game and then take the ISO file. So ISO, yeah. ISO yeah, the file. ISO file. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take that file and then put it on a, a DVDR and then I would sell games like along oh, with this. Nice. But they had to have the, the the customized Xbox in order to play those types of games. So it made more sense to to do that and then only pay me $20 per game and spend $50 yeah. on it. <laughs> You've been doing entrepreneurship for a while. Man. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then that, that, that evolved. What else did I do? I, uh, you know, I, I used to, I sold candy for a short stint and then that mm. was just too much logistics. Um, yeah. And then my first software tool was in 2000 and, and was it nine, 2009, mm. 2010? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so so like for me, sir, uh, being an entrepreneur, I've just always been a capitalist. I've always saw like seen problems, and I've always tried to figure out ways to solve them in exchange for for money and income. And I've always looked for kind of the revolving door opportunity in a way that that I can reduce the amount of energy that I'm spending, but still give a great product. I care about the result of like mm-hmm. a customer or my user because it's it's tied to me, and I've always like cared about that, and I I, ha- I hope to always. Uh, and then, yeah, man, so uh, that, that, that evolved into um, multiple different software tools that evolved into, I, I've never ran like a physical business or like, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in doing uh, like wholesaling, like real estate wholesaling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, so like serial entrepreneurism for me now is uh, consulting, right? Building mm-hmm. software and apps. Uh, for a, a multitude of different industries, like we're we're getting aligned to do federal contracts and procurement, mm, we're gonna nice. put on federal federal stuff. Um, yeah, and just you know, building my own stuff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> building yeah, a yeah. distribution. So so what has what has driven you in that route, right? You know, because you know you have or what not really that route, but what has driven you in in saying, hey, look, Tim this is the next venture I should go with, mm-hmm. right? You know, what makes you decide, hey, I want to go, what we talked about, left versus right, right? Or straight yeah. instead of that, you know? <laughs> totally, no. So so early on, it was, it was money and freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've since hit that. I'm in a place in my life where I own all my stuff. I, I, I make more than enough money. And so that that's changed since then. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, what about purpose? What, what's important yeah. to me really at this point now? It's like, I want to make authentic friends. Like yeah. the people that I choose to work with and build with, like I want them to be solid. I want them to have my six. 
I want us to, to you know, I, I want to have fun. That's the other mm-hmm. thing that's important to me. If I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not aligned with like cool people that I could hang mm-hmm. out with or have a beer with, or like move, bring our families together, it's probably not the best fit for yeah. like business. So like, that's another aspect that's important to me. And then, you know, fulfillment, like some purpose in that as well. So like any projects that are, that are impactful, um, mm-hmm. that also align with some of those other things and they're fun and they're, they're fruitful on all these different pillars that that's the next, that's how I know I'm aligned with the right, uh, you know, the right trajectory. And for me now it's, it's less about like putting in a ton of hard work, writing this down, mm-hmm. you know, planning all the different, uh, you know, nuances and such, and more so just being open and receptive with faith. Yeah. And belief, you know, that, that goes back down to my realm of, of like the creative side of things. But I, I genuinely believe, believe that there are some profound, uh, let's see, some profound like data to that. What, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like, uh, you know, believing in a lot of people call it the universe. I'm, I'm a yeah, believer yeah. in God. So I believe it's God that, that is yeah. the universe. They're, they're given it a different mm-hmm. title. And uh, the laws of, of attracting things into your world. Uh, through right. your words, through your thoughts, um, you can you can uh, follow that one if you want to research the quantum level on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's amazing that you're saying this because when I look at you know all those things you mentioned, I will call those data points, yep. right? You know, when I as you, I mean, there's something called deep learning that's out there, right? Neural networks and things like that. You know, from a technical standpoint that people are doing in data science now. And it's really mimicking the human brain, right? right? Trying to figure out how, trying to figure out a move that's that's ten steps or 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 thirty steps ahead, right? You know, because now you know that this person thinks like you're thinking, right? You have yeah. these things you consider when having your next business venture, right? You know, and when you think about deep learning, right? Something so basic as a cat versus a dog, right? You yep. see a picture of a cat, you see a picture of a dog. So now you know that this is a cat versus a dog because you labeled it a cat for a cat and a dog for a dog. But then what if you introduce a cat that has his head turned to the left, right? Or his head turned to the right. Mm-hmm. Now you have to label that one as a cat as well. And then right. now you know that the machine now knows that. So what the, all those different data points that you're bringing up is interesting because when you think about your next venture, you're adding on new new labels to your life to say, hey, look, I'm gonna make a decision based off of this now versus what before, because before you might not have cared about some of the things you care about now, right? Sure. You know, but now you care about those things that you're adding that to your life. It's just interesting how you are now you're adding on different ways you're making decisions and stuff throughout your life for your business venture. It's phenomenal. And those those uh, machines, we'll call them that, those algorithms already exist. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking yeah. about things now and I'm seeing products as I'm thinking about it. And this is happening on social media. I know that there's huge amounts of data being processed. And, you know, the, the I, th- I don't know what the full motivation is behind some of this. I think a lot of it's like profitability. Like companies mm-hmm. are investing a lot of <laughs> it's money. It's always okay, profitability. Where is this guy's purchase decision going to come from? Or yeah, what, what's yeah. It, what are they going to be interested in? What do we need to color our products? What do we need right. to how do we your behavior right Based on your be. behavior. Yeah. yeah yeah and some of that's like that's cool then some of it's kind of like 
it's Creaky, a little sketchy. probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, you know, it, it's almost like when you go hunting, you know, uh-huh. and I, I'm out here in the Midwest. I'm not a deer hunter or anything, but people go out uh-huh. and hunt. There's only so many types of tools that you can legally use because you get to a point where it's like, is this really hunting anyway? Is this nice? Yeah. <laughs> but but we're talking about an aspect of, you know, our our reality right now that most people cannot comprehend. Like like mm-hmm. this conversation right now is beyond. Uh, I think a lot of people's uh, like knowledge truly mm-hmm. like maybe not this audience that we're talking to, but I'm mm-hmm. talking about the mass majority of people don't know about predictive analytics, are not familiar mm-hmm. with. Uh, like the technology that exists right now and how it's being utilized to sell a product or push a, right. you know, whatever it may be. So I'm always like a little apprehensive of it. It's really mm-hmm. cool, but I'm also like, who's working on this stuff? Dude? Yeah, who's doing <laughs> it, man? <laughs> and if somebody's on this right now that is working on it, just please be a good human, dude. Like, yeah. use, use your powers for good, please. Yeah, yeah, that's we the need, whole... We uh, need you at your best, yeah. Right, the, the AI ethics, right? You know, ethics yes. has a, more, a morality. You know, you Don't. have to have good morals, <laughs> man, when you're doing Don't it. Be man. a scientist, please. <laughs> like, you know, just help the world, man. Plant trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just my, that's my hope for the people that have these talents and skills in the arena that they're you know, exploring and pushing the envelopes on. I love innovation. I love, mm-hmm. I love, you know, the, uh, how data can be used now and, and all the different algorithms and systems and processes and tools in place now. It's crazy mm-hmm. how far we've gone. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my only hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I <laughs> hope the same, us. man. It's, it's funny because I don't even think about it like that. But when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, crap, man. I, I hope the same thing, man. Really calm. So like I we work in AWS, like Amazon mm-hmm. Web Services S3. Yeah. And there's so much that you can do it. Like one tool alone, it's called recognition. Mm-hmm. And it's happening mm-hmm. right now, right? And you you're probably familiar with it. It it can read and it it's an algorithm that can review content uh, at the time of upload and determine is this a cat? Within like ninety nine point nine percent accuracy, it it'll tell right. you what it is and that's great in some instances right if there's um security issues right or we don't allow adult content so we, we know if somebody's attempting to do that and we can have a conversation or shut that down or, or they can mm-hmm. say hey dude it's in the place um but also you know you, you can take your iphone now and, and look mm-hmm. at something and it reads it for you right <laughs> you right, read the right. <laughs> and there's uh you know, there's captions that can happen automatic. There's script. There's platforms for like 99 cents or a dollar. You can extract a script from voice yeah. in an MP3 or in a video. And it gives you within, a, you know, great accuracy that written uh, template, right? Of, yeah, I think I use a thing called audiogram that actually, well, I guess the, the audience will see it. They see it all the time. You know, yeah. I take the, the guest man and what you're saying, it, it it just takes your words, man, and just throws sure. it out there. Natural language processing involved, <laughs> just voila, you know. Yeah, and TikTok then does it. Might, yeah, exactly. TikTok does it, man. It's it's amazing, man. YouTube, man, they're doing it, and it's getting more accurate, you know, with the models they're putting in there. It's great, you know, so, you know. There's good and bad sides of that, too, right? Like, you were talking about you're in the cybersecurity, so you know, like, the negative use cases that could be used for, right? It's these algorithms that can you know, detect imagery, there's also these filters, which are just algorithms, right, that are painting a face mm. over you. Yeah. <laughs> while, while one guy might use it to put 
I don't know, Big Bird, Tweety Bird on his face. Mm-hmm. Another guy might be making video calls to grandma pretending to be you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, I had a whole – deep fakes, man, are real, man. You know, even social media and stuff. And, and so we – you know, I was – it's funny because I actually had uh, a, a person that, that deals with – all they do is data science, deep fake work, man. You just definitely wow. listen to that podcast. It was crazy, man. Yeah. You know, they did some crazy stuff, you know. But so – so I know that you're into, you and I are both into like social media, right? You mm-hmm. know, we, we definitely, I mean, I feel like every entrepreneur has to be into it at some level, you know, but sure. um, I am more into the data-driven side of social media, right? Yep. And and I know you're into the, the social media marketing strategy side of things as well. How do you boost sales? with data-driven social media marketing, right? You know, mm-hmm. how, how uh, when, when you're going through that process and you're thinking about, say, you had a client or just you in general for yourself, you know, you're yeah. like, how do I get more whatever, more sales, more revenue, more sure. more whatever it is, you know? How do you do that? Yeah, so I, I look at it uh, probably more primitive. I try to keep things as simple as possible for the, for mm-hmm. the sake of my own brain. Um, and, and I think about influence, I think about attention. And when you mm-hmm. think about the internet and using that as your medium to broadcast that out, uh, what you're doing is you're building trust and authority. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple ways to do that. I think uh, one methodology, right, is through per- PR. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, you, you can find news articles and outlets to disseminate your, your message and your about you and, and what you know or what you want to give away. Mm -hmm. Uh, in written form and that can like have a picture as well about you so when people are searching for you or people are are out seeking your business or services you start to potentially pop up Um, along with authority and and gaining more influence and and traffic uh, I think that it's very important to be omnipresent so to be everywhere uh, as much as humanly possible so you look for ways to broadcast yourself so like bobby you and i met on mm-hmm. pod match right which is right. essentially matching guests and people that have data points that are uh, together uh, mm-hmm. together and uh you know that facilitates what we're doing now uh, to, and then what's cool about this is that at the end of this podcast just like any other one and, and again on, on the same line of building your brand and being omnipresent and getting everywhere mm-hmm you might post this on iHeartRadio. This might go out to iTunes. This might go out to mm-hmm. Amazon. This might go out to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pin. who knows? You know, mm-hmm. like it's, that's up to you. But, but most people like have a syndication system for their podcast that's not only putting you out there as a brand, as an individual, but also like tagging me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can take these snippets and then tag what we did and use hashtags. So it creates this great broadcast and uh, so like my, my strategy or what I, what I teach people to do is to create a system. Um, and I think the best way to build a community or an audience around who you are and what you do is to give everything away. And, mm. and th- like the scarcity mindset of, oh, someone's going to take my secret sauce or someone's going <laughs> to, you know, that's good. Great. They need to do that. Like give that, give that away. And what you'll discover is the majority of time people are going to say, uh, how can you do this for me? So I could tell everybody how to build an app right Mm -hmm. now, right? I could go through the process and and probably bore a lot of people to death. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not this one, 
but like bore a lot of people to death. But what would happen if I went through this ingredients list is a lot of business owners or, or people would be like, Hey dude, can you just do this for me? Can mm, you work with my, hey, right. you need to talk to my guy here in, in IT or, Hey, we're looking for this thing. Can, do you do this? Right. Actually, yeah, man, hit me up. I'd be glad to, to talk to him. So if you as the brand, you as the individual become what I like to call the Bob Vila of your, <laughs> draft, I don't know, you know, if, if you become the subject matter expert and you're willing to share that and give that, who mm. wouldn't, the best analogy, who wouldn't ask the teacher for the answers to the test? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, yeah, and it's no secret that that data, you know, kind of drives most of our decisions in the social media world, you know, mm -hmm. and even like going back to the about you page. Right. You know, I mean, something like that, focusing on personalization, you know, is is key. Right. You know what you're saying. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan on the reason why I got into working with social media and analytics specifically was because I, I personally hated social media, right? I felt like every time I got on it, I would find myself going like, it's like having a hundred tabs open on your laptop or desktop, right? right? I just keep diving deeper and deeper and it, everybody catches my attention. And, you know, when you're a business, when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you, you don't have time to waste, right? You know, on certain things. And so I think about, man, you create this ad, how do you make sure that you're not spending a ridiculous amount of money, right? But you're also being efficient, right? With your message and you're getting what your goal is, which is probably trying to get revenue, right? Get some type of sales, right? Ultimately and stuff. And, you know, you have, you, you have to improve your data quality, right? So even the about you page is data, right? Everything you put in there matters. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's your little part that you have Definitely. in Instagram. You know, what are you going to put in there? Right. It matters. I've seen you. I look at something that really matters. Right. That that I realized you you make sure that you put in. Right. Uh, the You capitalize certain parts in your in your uh, in, in your, uh, your during your brand. Right. When you're done. Mm -hmm. www. Right. Tim com. Yeah. The T and Tim and the B and Brian is capitalized, right? True fans. Yeah. The T and the F are capitalized. That matters, right? You know, mm -hmm. and there's data behind that that supports your decision on making that, right? You know. Yeah, no, exactly. And you get it, you can get in a name, address, and phone number, like NAP when you're doing search engine optimization and, mm -hmm. and you want to stand out when you're doing backlinks for your your articles or backlinks for your your actual company website when you're getting listed on directories, like all that mm -hmm. matters to being found again, when people are searching for you or the, the things that you do, you want to show up. And, um, you know, so, so being consistent with your name, address and phone number across directories and having articles that point back to those things. And really what you're doing is you're building trust. I mean, like reviews matter as well, right? Like your mm -hmm. reputation. I think the statistic is like, 68 or 70 percent of people look up a business online before they make any buying decision hmm and you can double check me on that i know it's a high number no, I don't it's know a high it's, number i remember going through number. that yeah and the reality is knowing that if you are not actively uh transitioning your offline reviews to online reviews you haven't built a system for that as an entrepreneur or as a business owner as an individual brand whatever uh, you should, because 
68 or to say 60 to 70 percent that's the safe number i know i'm right with that 60 mm-hmm. to 70 percent of people are looking you up online before they decide to pick up the phone and call you and what they're doing is they're they're analyzing how you measure up to your competitors in your existing space so if i go especially when i'm in a new city if i go out to atlanta if i go out to texas wherever the heck i'm at and mm-hmm. i need a haircut i'm not gonna go to the dude who i look up that First off, doesn't show up. I'm not yeah, going right, to right. all. But I will go to the person that shows up that has a lot of stars, a lot yeah. of reviews, a lot of authentic like feedback and sentiment. And then I can see that the, the owner has responded to those reviews and I can see kind of their culture, community. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can see pictures and I can see articles maybe or awards that they've won. They've got a website. So now I'm like, bet I'm going here. This is... I, I've now built rapport through the internet, through data to decide I'm going to, you know, Bobby's cuts. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Bobby's Don't go to my cut. cuts though, man. Don't da- go to my data da- cuts. <laughs> Dapper cuts. Dapper cuts, man. You might get, so, you might get a bad cut, man. I'll tell you, <laughs> you don't want that. You gotta build no, an man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Man. It has to be automated through somebody else that's more talented than me, man. There you, you know? go. So, but no, Tim, man, I appreciate you being on, man, and and, and you have you have shed a lot of insight into the audience, man. D- dropped a lot of dope uh, information, man. And as the audience knows, I like to end with what I call a dope nugget or gem at the yeah. end. And what I've learned, and it's just summarizing, right? You know, what I've learned from from this podcast is that research really comes in in many forms, right? In many roles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we tend to forget the what you call old school, but it's also the the traditional and and what we're currently still doing, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it might be the best method is that market research. True, we're truly sitting down in front of a computer, having a hundred tabs open, and just keep diving deep and deep and deep into it, right? And that formulating your opinion. Whereas now we tend to still go to databases, right? We mm-hmm. we're putting information in databases, we're putting it. Uh, we're grabbing sources out using coding and all that stuff. Yeah, you don't have to code. You don't have to be a database engineer to go out and research and, yeah. and follow your path, right? And and also I've seen that you know data helps you do so many things. What we yeah. talked about building trust, right? Uh, being on the same playing field as your competitors, right? As well, and being consistent because you said consistency matters and. And also the last thing was, what was the other thing? It was uh, uh, being able to support the decisions that you make. Yep. So every decision you make, whether social media marketing, right? The true fans decision, right? The, uh, any decision that you're making in life, data actually is your best friend, right? It's mm-hmm. able to support you throughout the decision. You know, you actually feel more confident when you know the data is backing you when you're making that decision, sure. you know? so. Um, you know, I appreciate you being on. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with, like a summary or, any, or anything? Yeah, I think to give yourself permission to critique your data, whether you're getting mm-hmm. it on a spreadsheet, getting getting it through uh, success or failure, mm-hmm. like taking your taking your data and learning from it. And and I think a conglomeration of all of it, whether you're doing market research, you're you're doing analysis. I think the conglomeration of both of those worlds mm-hmm. to ultimately decide to make a decision or a choice. And then being open to adapting that choice and failing enthusiastically or, or, or winning enthusiastically, both sides, is a key mm-hmm. component of 
of maximizing your data usage. Um, yeah, yeah. And staying, you know, staying in the game, man. Like at the end of the day, you're going to be extracting all this data, this information, but you're still a human. Mm-hmm. And their burnout's a real thing. And, yeah. and life will <laughs> knock you down. And things are going to be mm-hmm. happening external of your calculations to you and mm-hmm. your life and your family, et cetera. So like having that resiliency mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, giving yourself permission to adapt and, and take those breaks as needed. I think that's huge for an audience like this, man. And, yeah. and um, you know, from a guy that's not super analytical and the engineer, I just salute all those people out there that are mm-hmm. that are those guys. And, and a lot of times they're uncelebrated. So let me say thank you no, to all, uh, <laughs> all you engineers and, and you uh, unsung heroes. No, no, thank you, man. Yeah. Hey, that was great, Tim. I appreciate it. You know, and so the audience knows I like to play a game at the end right it's called overrated underrated and i got it from a mentor that i follow uh gary v and basically i will throw out a series of topics you get to decide whether it's overrated underrated or right where it needs to be tim does not know what the topics are so he is making his own opinion on the spot all right everybody are you ready for the game i'm ready all right avocados avocados man are overrated yes oh i wanted to wait for you to give me a pick i just thought the same thing man avocados are overrated bro. yeah There's a lot of hype around avocados right now man and to be honest they don't have a whole lot of taste if you're being yeah honest, yeah i don't i don't i don't understand the flavor that that people see behind it you know and uh i mean i think it has some good value i guess if you're trying to eat healthy <laughs> You know, but, you know, when when somebody says, hey, look, do you want avocados, you know, from scratch or you want guac, right? I mean, do you want guac or do you want uh, like salsa? I always choose a salsa because for some reason, right. avocado doesn't really get me. Now, unless you spice it up, you got to throw like a ridiculous amount of seasoning <laughs> in it, you know, right. all the tomatoes yeah, and I everything. Like, I like <laughs> what I know about it. I think it's a good brain food. So like the results yeah. of it, I think are cool. Like maybe that's why I'll opt into it at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm, not like, I'm not like at the grocery store, like, man, I could really use some avocados. You're right. <laughs> I really want to get yeah. nah, brain food. I knew I was going crazy when I was sitting there, like squeezing the avocado at the grocery store, trying <laughs> to figure out, you know, man, is this, is this right? Is it ready for me to, is that what you, you know, do? do you squeeze you know? it or do you like yeah. lick it? <laughs> I don't know, I man. No I don't know, man. I, I actually, I, I, I squeeze it to see how mushy the avocado is, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. to see, you know, and and if it's like supposedly if it's too mushy, then it's not right. I mean, it's not actually good. it's no good, right? You know, because it's probably gonna go bad within tomorrow, right? And then <laughs> you know, if it's if it's, it, I don't, I don't even know how to gauge it, right? You know, I've had right. so many people try to tell me how to gauge it, and I'm like, look. You know, I, I don't somebody to comment the data. Right. Where is the to, data on it? <laughs> what a ripe avocado. Exactly. Pick avocado. <laughs> right, right, man. All right. Gaming. Gaming is bro, honestly, like as a gamer, right now gaming's oh, shit, it's a hard one. Gaming right now is overrated. All right. Oh and man, I thought you were gonna say area. underrated, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's overrated right now. And the reason is I'm just I'm disgruntled because I feel like there hasn't been a great multiplayer like first person shooter since Halo 2 came out. I said oh, I said yeah. it. it used to be like I'm upset with matchmaking, bro. Like it used to be one <laughs> levels one through fifty, and you got to level fifty, 
it was really hard to get to one through fifty. Now they got all these prestiges, and I feel like mm. it's more about buying skins. And that <laughs> Don't get me wrong; I'm a gamer. I'm an avid like League of Legends player. Yeah, yeah. and we play like the stick fight game. It's fun. Some of my military buddies, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, man, I think right now it's overrated. It's overhyped. We need some. We need some hardcore multiplayer, like back, like some. All right, stuff. you heard it, Xbox and PlayStation, yeah. guys, Sony, whatever it is, <laughs> you guys need to come up with some Simplified. something better, man. You know, man. All right, libraries. Libraries. Yeah, man. Libraries are are low key underrated, bro. Uh huh. They're low key underrated, man. It's and when I say low key, it's like. I don't know very many people that are like just getting into a library, bro. Like, right. On a <laughs> you got the audio books, you got the audible like, books, you got honestly, the- man. <laughs> I built some software out of a library. Like, I, what? I like, really? my house. yeah, I was I, there was like this short stint in my life where I was like, I wanted friends, I was kind of lonely, like, I missed uh-huh. human interaction. Maybe uh-huh. some other data people on here will resonate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and definitely, I, like, man. I like crawled out of my cave and was like, okay, where can I go work? There's Starbucks, yeah. there's Chipotle, whatever. Uh-huh. And I, uh, I went over to the library, man, and it was quiet. It was just like a, I don't know, man. It just put me like in this studious mode. Mm-hmm. I feel like just the ambiance, the smell of books, like just the environment. And, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a lot of information there, obviously, right? Yeah, but there's yeah, also yeah. a lot of resources. Like you don't realize how much, how many resources there are in your community at the library, like events mm-hmm. that are going on, special discounts. Uh, a lot of libraries have like internet access with uh, like like online databases of mm-hmm. apps, uh, audio books, movies, like all sorts of cool stuff, man. You just don't know because yeah, it's underrated. <laughs> no, absolutely. And now that you made me, you made me think about it. You know, a lot of times I go to this thing called WeWork, yeah. right? And yeah. I go to WeWork. I'm like, man, you know, this is such a vibe, man. You're sitting there chilling, you know, and you get a chance to get some work done. But man, you're paying that money, right? I mean, you probably could go to a library and actually get the same vibe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just no, doesn't have the scenery. Have it's not quiet. modern, right? Yeah. You have to be more exactly. quiet. That's exactly. No, exactly. Underrated. Man. Underrated, bro. I really do believe that. Get, go to your library today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going, take, man. Take you know? <laughs> if you have kids, like the libraries, my kids went today. They do like story huh? time and, you know, it's just fun. It's oh, fun. man. They probably have like a lot of free events and stuff that go on there right for your kids yeah. and stuff. so okay okay all okay. right next brunch brunch yes see i can't even i can't even vibe with that word dude yeah I feel like if I vibe <laughs> with that word then i i'm just bougie and i never <laughs> want to become that like people hey, use the word brunch i can't yeah. Vibe with it, bro. it's yeah, yeah overrated i love the concept yeah, like I, I, I like to eat food all the time, though, man. There's no yeah. select time. Yeah, people, people like you, me brunch, would man, say, like, we know, just want to eat, know. man. I don't know if I trust people that eat brunch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. You know, I, I know that my, 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 my significant other, man, she loves she brunch. Says brunch. And all she does is talk about brunch all the time. <laughs> Her and my wife would get along. They're probably both. <laughs> That's what it's she's like a brunch fanatic, man. You know, every Sunday, man. That's what it is, man. You know, so all right. So the radio. The radio. Uh 
like Spotify or like yeah like, no 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 just a regular no, ninety some point something yeah like radio <laughs> some people still listen to it <laughs> I don't even know if I have an opinion on I I like <laughs> accidentally hear things on the radio as I'm switching over to Spotify as I'm switching yeah. over to you know Pandora or whatever right. man I don't know I I think it's you know from a marketing standpoint maybe it's underrated though. Mm. So they probably have stuff like news, the news uh, part. You know, maybe <laughs> it's, it's significant to listen to that. You know, I don't know CNN or so, I don't know if they have a radio. So maybe like the weather, like yeah, maybe the weather. <laughs> you know, or traffic, right? Traffic, right? But or I mean, Google Maps tells me that traffic is saying, ahead of me, know, right? You know, ways, ways I don't know. The app helps me. Yeah, it tells me when yeah. there's a pothole even. <laughs> yeah, All I'd right. say underrated, bro. Underrated. <laughs> All right, cats. Cats? Yeah. Dude, cats have a bad rep. I don't know why. <laughs> like cats, cats have just been belittled over the years. I uh, think that I think that they're underrated, bro. I think that uh, there's good cats out there that just have they're they're they've been bottled into this community. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you gotta give the cats a chance, dude. Yeah. Before you just I'm associate you, them with all these bad cats. I don't know if I would ever give a cat a chance, man. It's something about looking at a cat <laughs> See what I mean? and the way it looks at me. It looks very like See what I mean? like it will like it will destroy you at any moment. You know, like it would just go real fast, cat like reflexes, and then just scratch you in a hundred different places, and you don't even know what hits you, man. Uh, man, you gotta you get a get you get yourself a good cat you build some rapport with them huh. it's just like you'll see each other yeah. in the hallway you'll see each other around town. yeah it's, just, it's mutual respect bro you i don't gotta... know man <laughs> i don't know man all right ice cream ice cream yeah ice cream is i'm not really a sweets guy i'm gonna say it's overrated because mm-hmm. I know the ingredients of most ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. dude, I, I, I'll take an acai bowl or something that's going to yeah. help <laughs> more so than some cream and sugar. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm more, I'm going to say overrated. Yeah. My, yeah. Wife, my wife will probably watch this and be like, what? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I, that is a weak spot for me, man. You know, oh. as much as I, I do not get a bunch of sugar. You can ask anybody, but you what's throw some favorite? ice cream out there, what's man. Your, it's what's like your go-to. I take I take it back to old school, man. I'm like butter pecan, right? Butter pecan uh, ice cream, man, is is my stuff. That's right sophisticated, here. bro. Yeah, that's not old school. <laughs> you said butter pecan. You said <laughs> like old school is vanilla, <laughs> like vanilla bean. I've been doing butter pecan. I've been doing butter pecan since I was like little, man. They was and every and everybody was like, man, you're like old, man, for saying butter pecan. You know, that's so, dapper. <laughs> Yeah. Hey man, if that is, if that is dapper, I'm gonna go get some butter pecan right now, man. You know, I like it, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last oh, one, bro. the Super Bowl. Super Bowl? Yeah. Is bro. I think I think it's I'm not. I don't really watch a whole lot of sports on TV. I can't get into uh-huh. in all the hype. I think it's overrated, man. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I've never like celebrate. I, I enjoy watching highlights and like you go there for the commercials, clips. Sure, yeah, like, yeah, commercials yeah, yeah. Are funny. 
Yeah. But bro, I, I and the drinks, man. The drinks. One round Super Bowl time. <laughs> the food and the drinks, man. That's what it is. <laughs> sure. I've never been to a live like Super Bowl, so maybe my maybe my opinion's wrong. But where mm-hmm. from where I've sat from a couch or a TV. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I don't even watch the entire Super Bowl. And I play football, man. I look I do love football, but yeah. I when during Super Bowl time, I'm just there for the vibe, man. You know, because it's like yeah. food. You know, drinks, I bet that's a good time, man. You know, it's fun. And then you're like, oh, it's halftime. All right, halftime show. Let's all watch that. And then, you know, underrated, <laughs> commercials, right? <laughs> underrated if I'm there. Overrated if I'm at my couch. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably right near where it needs to be, man. You know, for sure. So, all right. So, hey, Tim, man, I appreciate you being on uh, the podcast, man. You've been a really great guest, you know, um, Again, audience, you listen to Data's My Science podcast, a show to make data your passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data Man. Tim, you've been a great guest. Is there any uh, anything that you want to leave them with? Is there a book or is there a, a website that that you want to leave them with? Right. You know, I, I thank you for having me on here. Um, if, if folks want to reach out to me, if I can be a service to you, whether it's you know launching an app, you got an idea, you got some things you want to work through, maybe some bottlenecks and things that you think that I could I could serve you with, you can go to timbrandon.com. Um, all my social media links are on there. You can, you can search my name too, Tim Brannion on, on Google, um, should pop up some stuff to get back in touch with me. Um, and in the event, like you're a content creator, right. Or you have a community, um, you want to get paid to post, or you like the concept of, of what we're doing at true fans, uh, just get with Bobby. He's going to have access and, uh, he can be the gatekeeper. So just hit up Bobby. You can learn more at truefans.com. but if you want to gain access and kind of expedite getting entry, just hit up Bobby. And um, he'll make, he'll facilitate that. So, so thanks for, for having me again, Bobby. And uh, it's been a privilege, dude. I look forward to staying connected with you. Thank you. Thank you, man. You know, so you said they can, they can reach you on any one of the, uh, your social media, all LinkedIn, all that stuff is through yeah. uh, Tim Brannion, right? Okay. Yeah, great, you can go great, to timbrannion.com. All my social media is there. And uh, yep, they can click on those and connect. All right. Great, man. Well, audience, you know, you can always reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of my social media platforms, you know, and uh, thank you, man. Definitely check out my website, www.mrdapperdata.com. You know, I just launched it. So it's a website. Definitely check it out, man. Uh, and get some of that good content and I uh, love you all. Peace, man. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.